0: Well guys, welcome, it's another episode of 20 Schemes Uncut podcast and um, we are here again in the west of Scotland We've got Terry McCutcheon, the legend that is, again, like we did a My Hope Story podcast with Terry What, last year? During, yeah. during one of the lockdowns? Yeah, last year And it was only like five and a half hours long, Eh, it was great
1: Yeah, helpful for insomnia <laughs>
0: Exactly, uh, we're going to link to that though, so it's great That was um, talking through how the Lord saved Terry, which is great He's told me though to not let him talk as much but that's not the point. People don't want to hear me. I've got the <laughs> wisdom to offer. So, um, Terry, we're going to think a little bit about addiction in the West of Scotland. So, you are setting up a charity, Hope for Glasgow, yeah. that kind of works with that specifically. But first, you want to give us the kind of not five hour version sure. of your story? Like, so, how, what was growing up in the West of Scotland like, and how did you come to the Lord out of that?
1: Aye. Uh, I'm for the housing scheme No Far, for mm-hmm. Black Hill. And uh, grew up with five five brothers and uh, in the in the seventies and uh, you know um, pretty normal kind of a growing up really. We were I seen Paul McLaughlin's podcast mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Is he
0: like the one guy in life that
1: you're taller than? Was Probably <laughs> aye. Um, I don't like your altitude. <laughs> um, but, uh, but 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 where Paul Paul's you know listening to Paul Ro- Paul's Roman Catholic faith was right at the centre mm-hmm. of the the family's life. Then you know there were. Um, real Catholics, real practice, and devout Catholics, and try to set their lives by that. We were very nominal. Mm-hmm. You know, we went along for the things, but it never really played, you know, a part kind of in our lives. And uh, you know, there maybe a few families in the housing scheme like Paul's, mm-hmm. but for most, we were all very kind of a nominal, and it was tribalism. Mm-hmm. Very opposite to Paul. You know, what Paul said, what he thought about Protestants, that was us. Yeah. Um, only Catholics. You know, you, you you went to a certain school, you mm-hmm. supported a football team and you had a certain view of politics. Yeah. Um, but run about 15 or so um, get got involved in drugs and that that took my life for um, all different types, for 15 to 27, mm-hmm. um, homeless, all sorts of stuff.
0: Well, you had a great line that I I've talked about with you guys even since that podcast. Um, some of the long lines of drugs were the problem. like. Drugs were your the solution, was that what you say?
1: Yeah, drugs. Drugs were drugs were the, the attempt at the solution. So they were the they weren't the, the problem. I'd always say that that um, um, Proverbs chapter nine talks about the the two voices, the voice of wisdom and the voice of folly, mm-hmm. and both voices offer the same stuff. They offer food and drink, which are uh, are two essential needs, right? But the voice of folly encourages us to meet those needs in a sinful way, mm-hmm. and so you know, we've all got issues, mm. we've all got issues, and it's how we meet those issues. So for myself, um, uh, seeking comfort, seeking refuge, seeking pleasure, seeking joy, and drugs, mm. and so, you know, you know, one of the things that I would say about addiction is it's idolatry, and so, um, you know, it, it was an attempt at a solution, trying to fix something that was wrong in me, but doing it in a, a kind of a sinful, ungodly, ungodly way. Um, so that was my life till about 27. I'd met Christians previously uh, in the Red Light District where our hostel was and they ran soup kitchens, which always, which always impressed me because it was that area of the city centre where a lot of tough men wouldn't go under the cover of darkness. Um, you know, a lot of mentalness happening uh, and there was these Christians mm-hmm. every night of the week, you know, right in the middle of the madness. Um, and that really impressed us. Uh, but it was a number of years later when I first f- first met the Christians, that I, you know, I I I got saved myself. I had a house and a girlfriend, uh, jobs and all that. But like the Rolling Stones, I couldn't find any satisfaction, um, though I tried and I tried and I tried. Um, and the Christians that I'd met years previously were the same ones that helped me to achieve abstinence um, and show me a different way to live. Roughly when I was twenty-seven, two days after, uh, uh, two days after. Two days before 9-11 I was converted. So 2001, 9th of September 2001 I was converted. My first day clean was the 3rd of September 2001. Um, I spent a few years working there and then I went and trained at Cornhill under Willie Phillip at the Tron and uh, that's my church Um, and I spent the next nine years there working and training. And that's where
0: we met wasn't it? So I was working Youth Worker at at (coughs) Blarrett you were Tron and speaking at a kind of I guess East of Scotland, East of uh, Glasgow event. It was, really was a, a week
1: youth weekend away, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was great. It was just, it was so encouraging. Uh, and I'd always, you know, anytime I get the opportunity to do anything like that for anything up that end of the city or any of the schemes, you know, I'm right I'm right there, yeah. you know, cause like the apostle Paul, you know, he's got a real heart for yeah, yeah, yeah. the Israelites yeah. and, you know, your own people. And so, um, which is why, you know, yeah. doing this today, cause I love, love what you guys do. Um, and so, so, so I sorry.
0: Okay, so you were working for the Tron, yeah. weren't you? So you kind of see through Cornhill, and then you worked there for a number of years doing. I guess that's where this kind of stuff started.
1: Yeah, the the genesis of hope for Glasgow began at the Tron, mm. and uh, for five years, um, I was working as the associate minister for uh, pastoral and social care. Um, so I'd done a bit of preaching. Um, uh, I would if if anybody needed a, a, a visit for the minister, mm-hmm. I would be the guy, I would, you know. Did
0: they then like, be like, no, no, I want the minister, what you did here, Terry? I no, you know, you no, 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 that, that wee guy. Or did you went, wear a wee collar when you were going, just no, so
1: they do, na- you know. No, 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 And I never had Chino's on either. Um, uh, so, you know, we would, uh, so I'd done that a couple of days a week myself, um, and pastoral visiting, which meant you would take the funerals in that mm. day, which is great, great privilege, you know, um, and, uh, but, a couple of days a week, I was, I was doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, the genesis of Hope for Glasgow began during that period, eh, working at the Tron. But, you know, as we'll get into, what, you know, I, f- I found that I was, I was being pulled about a lot, yeah. do you know what I mean? And one of the things that eh, drug addicts, people that are trying to move away from that sort of a life, is they need your time, mm-hmm. they need structure, and, it's, and it isn't really something that you can really do part-time you can't really support people uh, part-time okay. um, and that's one commodity that folks coming for that type of life need from you but you know yourself Um when you're working for a church times at a premium mm-hmm. um, and so that w- that was grinding on me for a couple of years because my heart is for those still stuck mm-hmm. where the lord saved me uh, and so was praying and you know, talking to my wife, talking to my best pal, they didn't think I was half my head or anything, so they were encouraging me to, to keep thinking these things through, keep praying these things through, and then it was, it was 2016 that, you know, I, I decided, right, spoke to the leadership at the church um, about taking a sidestep um, in ministry, and to set up uh, Hope for Glasgow in, in, in its own right, and so that's what we did.
0: Awesome, so we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to actually mute my phone because I just heard I got a message there. Probably shouldn't have That's very unprofessional, guys. sorry. Um, let's, so let's talk about that in a minute. First off, so west of Scotland, I guess notorious They would have had quite a big reputation for being a place of substance abuse. Addiction would be prevalent in some of the scheme communities and other places. Is that fair? Or would that be your experience? Like, how have you seen addiction play out here in Glasgow in the West?
1: Uh, Massively. Um, I mean, it's shifted at times, right? Because remember in the 80s when, you know, Edinburgh um, was, you know, the the AIDS capital, Mm -hmm. um, the HIV capital of Europe. So, you know, it swung at at times. But, you know, West of Scotland mentality, hard working, Mm -hmm. hard drinking, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, being brought up in a housing scheme, it's the norm. Me and my wife were just talking about that the other night. Things, things that happen, you accept as normal, mm-hmm. but they are t- no normal, um, you know. And we would have seen a lot of that. Um, families devastated with addiction. Um, w- w- certainly, alcohol all the way through, which is accept as an acceptable one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, through you know, through the years, um, heroin and, and, and all the other stuff that you know we're seeing street valium and all that nowadays is as, as, as well and, uh, you know, over the past few years, you know, we, we've been tap of the league for things that you don't want to be tap of the <laughs> league for. Um, and the drug deaths, the drug death crisis uh, kind of here, you know, where the past eight, eight years or so, um, our drug deaths figures have broke records all the time. And that's not including alcohol. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about drug deaths. And it was just a, a, a couple of years ago that um, drug deaths overtook alcohol. For the first, for this the, for the first time, feelings, this is this yeah. is the this is Scotland, um, and uh, you know, certainly it's still a huge issue here. Uh, so th- so much so that um, uh, we're we're usually changing every year. Um, one year it's uh, it's Dundee who are um, have got the highest drug death statistically by head of population, and then it's it's kind of a Glasgow, and and, and I think we are sitting somewhere currently. At 24, I think. Um, don't quote me on that. It's just off the top of my head. I think somewhere like 24 uh, drug deaths per per capita per hundred thousand. Um, but Glasgow and Dundee are up at 44.4. You know. Um, so we, yeah, that's that's a you know I, I think that's a fair. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's you know uh, no mean city and all that. It's fair. It's a fair.
0: And I guess like as well, we we. I've seen some of that. You'll have seen a lot of that it's not just stats; it's people, and the kind of devastation, or I guess the devastation one that gets people to that place of addiction and thinking there's no way out. But then the, the devastation for those around about them as well, and the effect on families, in our communities, or just throughout the west of Scotland. Like it,
1: it's not just a stat, isn't it? It's brutal. It's, it's people. It's people's lives. It's communities. Um, it's sons, fathers, brothers, mm-hmm. um, uncles, all that, all that stuff, you know. Um, they're not just numbers, they're, you know, they're, they're people made in God's image, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, God's made them and stamped stamped his cell or heir them. And uh, they were made for so much more, <laughs> made for so much more. And so, um, I, um, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, they have a separate fellowship called Al-Anon. Okay. And that would be for, for the families of those oh, right. who have, you know, so if you're a husband or a wife of somebody who's an alcoholic, you can mm-hmm. go there for support to help you. And they would, they, would, they, would, they would, you know, that fellowship should be somewhere between six to ten times bigger than Alcoholics Anonymous because that's what they reckon. On average, there's six to ten people directly uh, affected by, by your addiction. Alcoholics Anonymous would say this, you know, I, I don't agree that addiction is a disease, and we'll get into that, but Alcoholics Anonymous say, it's a good wee line, um, the alcoholic carries the disease But the family carry the spots. Mm -hmm. So they're all totally, totally affected by it, you know, um, directly and indirectly. You know, you begin to the 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 the, the person in addiction will tell lies. That becomes their native language, you know. They they deny, they deny, they minimize, they justify their drinking, but it's all lies um, and all covering up. And what ends up happening is family members then take Mm -hmm. on that mantle. Yeah. They tell lies. Oh no, he's not feeling that great today. No, he's unwell, and and they begin to lie, and so they're affected, and they're damaged And then by even that. the whole
0: like we like wanted to. There's a lot of enabling of addiction because it's it's just that touring. like it's my boy or it's my girl. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Because
1: so folks are trapped. They, they don't really know. They don't really know what to do, right? Yeah. Um, the tone between you know wanting help but wanting to set about them, and, <laughs> and they don't. They, ju- they just don't. They just don't know what to do. You know.
0: So helpful therefore let's think of us as Christians so again I think if you ask any Christian should we be helping here should we be engaging here would say yeah okay but I think there's a kind of a fear or reluctance because maybe we don't know how to get involved um, and what best to do and also I think and again you might say this is unfair and if it is tell me I kind of feel like the more conservative of us so we're like more like gospel centered we want to always be sharing the hope of Christ and preaching the gospel forgiveness of sins and reconciliation and all that. Almost like shy away from the kind of working in that kind of addiction recovery community more. And so you love people with not as strong gospel convictions who are Christians and then guys, maybe who you met, I don't know where they're coming from, but we do a lot of stuff. But what I love is that you're coming from the same mm. theological convictions for people who are going to listen to us or people who are going to you know, take the word, take the gospel seriously. And yet that propels you and I think should propel us mm. Into those, you know, areas of life because it is the gospel that ultimately brings hope. Like, I'm, I'm talking a lot of minutes here, but is that mm, fair? Like, no, is that I, I so think that's
1: absolutely it? fair. Um, I, you know, if we if we could talk about churches, as, as in a spectrum, and maybe over here you've got uh, our charismatic brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, and then over here we've got us who pride ourselves in having the right doctrine mm-hmm. and teaching the Bible the right way, and really, you know, teaching doing expository preaching. Mm -hmm. I think that would be fair and I would would probably say that um, the more conservative we get, the the less Mm -hmm. that we see less social action. Mm -hmm. And so maybe our charismatic brothers and sisters, you know, they're they're maybe more involved in um, uh, outreach ministries and stuff Mm -hmm. like that that brings them into the sphere Mm -hmm. uh, of folks with these issues and therefore they have a heart and and it's maybe easier then to invite folks Mm -hmm. uh, to your church. But the mayor allowing this kind of a um, conservative line you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm at the Tron. I mean, I, I don't know everybody at the Tron, but I'm I'm in a church of 500, and as I say, I don't know everybody's background. I don't know everybody's situation, but I I would reckon there's maybe, excuse me, about 10 of us mm-hmm. as members maybe that I know, uh, who have had this issue mm-hmm. or have struggled with this this sin but if, if 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 i went to a charismatic church maybe half the size mm-hmm. i'm sure we would be surprised they mm-hmm. would maybe be 30 or 40, yeah. 40 people kind of like me and and it's always been a, a struggle for me because i know that the real way i've got friends in america and they've got a crack they've got a a rehab called redemption house mm-hmm. and this is the strap line worshipping our way out of addiction it's brilliant mm-hmm worshipping our way out of addiction, because really, when you, when you look at the drug addict, that's what they are. They are a worshipper, but they are a false worshipper. They are worshipping idols, um, and you know, they're enslaved by them. Um, the, 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 their whole life is dictated to by them. But that's why folks coming out of that lifestyle, they need to be in churches. Now, great, they're in our charismatic brother and sister's churches. But when we go and we learn the scriptures, um, we learn to worship God in every area of our lives. Mm-hmm. And worshiping God is the best defense against all the idolatries mm-hmm. uh, of our heart. And so I, I think it's it's, it's imperative. It's, imp- it's imperative that folks coming out of that life um, are rooted mm-hmm. in the local church. And Hope for Glasgow are all about that.
0: Which is why, and again, I think the idolatry imagery is key, isn't it? Because it, again, and I think we said this even when we did Zach's podcast, it kind of like flattens that ground because we've all then got the same issues. The same. Like we're all idol worshippers, And again, a lot of the time it could be, and again, particularly in the UK, the conservative, maybe more reformed, expository preaching church has been the more middle class, affluent church in a, in a broad stereotype. And so it could be easy to look for people from a addiction recovery background and think, oh, they're so unlike me, I don't know what to do. Whereas the ideology says, no, we're all, we all look for hope and joy and things that are the Lord gives and not the Lord or, and things that are made, and not the one who makes stuff, and and it does kind of flatten that ground and help us see. Well, the answer to both of these things, therefore, is worship Christ, um, and therefore preach the gospel, isn't it?
1: Definitely, because you know, in Adam, we we're, we're all idolaters yeah. and we're all slaves to sin. John 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 eight says, you know, anybody that makes a practice sin and becomes a slave mm. to sin. And so if if we see ourselves, and 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 to see addiction in these categories as well, um, rather than you know, some of the secular models that would teach, you know, you've got an illness, mm-hmm. you've got a sickness, you've got a disease for which you are not responsible. Yeah. That's the caveat. For which you are not responsible. Well, if I'm not responsible, who is? Which is why, you know, our meetings, we, we say that, you know, our meetings are called road to recovery, right? And and we would say, you know, you get on the road to recovery just exactly the same way as you get on the road to addiction, by making a choice, yeah. right? So it's, you're involved. Mm-hmm. You make a choice to... To pick up, but where that choice takes you, you know, I would say my addiction began with a choice that became a dominant choice. And yes, in the end, I was enslaved, and mm-hmm. it seemed like I didn't have mm-hmm. a choice. But we we've always got a choice. Is it like Ed Wells calls it voluntary slavery? Voluntary isn't it? slavery, which is bang on, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to understand both of them. Mm-hmm. Voluntary, which means you can fight, but your fighting's not enough. Mm-hmm. Slavery, uh, because you're enslaved, and you need help from outside of yourself, which is where you know other people can help. But ultimately, the mm-hmm. The help comes through uh, the things of the Lord. So, talk us
0: through then how you came from um, out of addiction through Cornhill, working at the Tron. How were you starting to engage with people from your background? Like, what did that look like, and how did that morph into what you're doing today, hopefully Glasgow?
1: Yeah, Mez um, um, uh, did did a thing. It was it was it was a it was a wee blog thing that he wrote. It was a two parter thing. And it was it was really looking at um, Mercy Ministries, mm-hmm. and he wasn't slating Mercy Ministries, but he was saying there's a lot of resources pouring into Mercy Ministries, um, and how valuable that is. And 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 I, and I can't remember if I stole this for him or <laughs> I read it somewhere else, but it's certainly no mine. But I might have stole it. <laughs> I might have stole it for him. Um, there are many ministries in our church, churches that are Dead Sea ministries, um, and what's meant by that is one of the reasons the Dead the water in the Dead Sea is dead is because it doesn't go anywhere. Mm. And there are many ministries in our churches that are Dead Sea ministries. They don't go anywhere. Mm. We 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 say, well, let's let's start. Um, a wee lunch club or something, you know. There's poor people in our area, and it makes us feel good about mm-hmm. ourselves. You make us d- d- an apple crumble, and I'll make um, a pot of mince and totties and and whatever else. But there's never any thought given to where are they going. How we're we going to move these folks on? And it's Peter Bolt. Peter Bolt's got a book called Mission Minded, which is a great book, okay. which which deals with all that. Looking at all different areas of engagement with folks, and then how are we moving folks along? Because ultimately, where we want folks is we want them in Christ in the church, in the worshiping congregation I got. And so I, I knew there was a few bridges. Mm-hmm. You know, the Tron is a conservative evangelical church. And um, if, if the people in the Tron or conservative churches would go, oh, I don't really know how to deal with these folks. Mm-hmm. Well, the same's true for the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, for the folks coming for their life with addiction, would feel uncomfortable. They yeah. go, oh, "I've got nothing in common with these characters. They're all doctors, and they've all been to university and all that stuff, and they've all got double-barrel names." And chinos. <laughs> Did yeah. you give
0: chinos out the door? Is that what you're going to come no, on to here? That no, was the I'm, one register
1: I'm getting that in because you always kind of a you always kind of a get it in. But that was one of the best things about leaving. I didn't need to wear trousers and all that anymore. Anyway. I could wear that. You still wear, do wear trousers, the right? I. It's not the same. I thankfully so. Um, I, I, the Tron were great while he was great mm. while he was great at just saying right who have I got let him go on me." Mm. you know recognising his gifts what mine's were let me go on me. and so you know I started a couple of groups a week mm. I started a service called Tron at 2 um, and that was that was meant to be like a bridge service right so we it, Tron at two because it happened in the Tron at two right Very <laughs> <Right, laughs> genius right um, and so that you know that was meant to be like a bridge service so that folks could um, come into the church mm. feel comfortable in the church engage with the church i.e the people because tons of people with a great heart and that and, and you'll find that in our churches um, there are people with great hearts that want to do things but maybe don't don't know, yeah. or there's no a system or, or, or something to help them to get their teeth into, mm. uh, things like that. So we, we, we set up, you know, Tron at 2 and it was on twice a month. So these things were, mm-hmm. were helpful for that way, um, um, uh, uh, getting folks in, beginning to deal with folks. And and I volunteered. I, the Tron seconded me one day a week to Glasgow City Mission. Okay. And so that brought me into the sphere of mm-hmm. mere folks as well. And so it was then easier to invite folks. Mm-hmm. So if you, I mean, if you're going to if you're going to fish, you can fish in a puddle if you want, but you need to go with a fisher. Yeah, yeah. And so sometimes you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes you can become a volunteer mm-hmm. at some of these places. You know, um, having an end goal in mind that it's not an end in itself. You're mm-hmm. trying to think about moving people on. So maybe becoming a volunteer at some of these places where you can build relationships with folks and invite folks into things. Um, and so that's you know that's 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 what that's what we did. Um, and <coughs> b- but as I say that that stuff was then, then grown on me mm-hmm. saying you need to be doing you need to be doing this matter, um, folks need input they need support. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have got, if you've got a couple of things like that, they they are a great start right because then they things can lead to other things. Mm-hmm. Meeting with folks for one to one for a cup of tea, uh, m- maybe doing Christianity explored or, or or whatever else some some other kind of introductory introductory thing. Because that's where we want to get folks mm-hmm. to. Right, we want to get them, um, you know, to the food that, the real food that that satisfies. So we would use food as a hook, mm-hmm. but it was to an end in itself. You know, where you know we we're teaching the Bible and. Uh,
0: we always think about it in our church, like about feeding, right? Because we're all we love our food here, um, and so the kind of steps that we think about going on our mission is find. So wherever there's people, let's go to those people, um, and so. We, what we say is we might put on things as a church to try and find them, but it's far easier, exactly what you were saying, to go to where people already are at yeah. and just to plug in there. It's less labor intensive, but it's also easier to find people. So go wherever it takes to find people. Engage with the people that are there. So get to know them, What mm. is their, you know, what are they going through in life? What's their joys? What's their fears? What do they think of the gospel? What's their understanding of church? and then you evangelize. If we're not talking about Jesus, there's no point. We need to get talking about Jesus. Yeah. But uh, and we use that as we're thinking about any people group, who are we trying to engage with here? And I think that's what you're saying, isn't it? Well, yeah. if there's a uh, recovery community, where people struggling with drug addiction, let's do that, where can we find them? Like, where do we need to go or what can we do in order to find these guys? And then how can the existing church engage with them? How can we get alongside them to preach Christ? And I think for many churches that can seem like a scary thing but actually, it's just the normal way we do ministry. For any other, like we have kids clubs, we do it the same, right? Where yeah. do we find kids? Will we put on a club yeah. if there's not one there, and then we get to know them and share Christ? Where do we do men's groups? Will we put on football things? And we get so. I guess what you're saying is that same thing. Whatever it takes to find guys in these
1: kind of communities, find them, get to know them, share Christ. Yeah. And folks are people. Yeah, do you know? And and uh, I was I, I I read a read a quote there recently. Fe, um I think it was some some uh, american psychiatrist who was top psychiatrist and he, and, and he said you know we're facing an impossible task uh, with the amount of people he said sure we can do some things we can give uh, folks medication that can alleviate symptoms mm-hmm. but he says in a lot of cases it creates symptoms mm-hmm. he says no 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 it's, it's, it's a rigged game it's a loaded game against us and then uh, he said ultimately what people need is meaning and relationship and it's that no <laughs> it's that no the church mm-hmm. right meaning and relationship the thing that me and you need is it's just what all these maybe you know broken people the combination of their choices and you know uh, life opportunities mm. has, has brought about but they need meaning and they need they need relationship they're just people underneath all that stuff and um engaging what was the d by the way disciple disciple so we don't want to uh, just get them
0: in the door we want to share our lives with them, I grow them as Aye, brilliant uh, so Let's think a little bit about maybe some barriers to that and then we can then finish by sharing a little bit of Hope for Glasgow and kind of how you're encouraging the church to do that and some of the ways you're also supporting the church alongside it but in terms of barriers then do you think so in terms of the tron having that tron at two as a kind of bridge into the service what do we as conservative gospel preaching churches how is there any other ways we need to we change how we think or just be wary of how we're for so people from an addiction background maybe you know what I'm saying here, like right, come in. Aye. Is there a thing where we don't need to change, very it's fine, or I don't
1: know. No, I I, th- I like the feet thing. I mean, if if we've got our, our, our mind, I aye, aye, I'm I'm know. stealing that right. I've got the, the dead sea, you now I've got feet. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, I think if we're if we if we're doing these things mm-hmm. naturally, loving folks, being interested, being interested in folks, wanting to take a chance. Um. Obviously, I mean, I would you know. You're gonna to have to take chances, and sometimes you're gonna you're gonna take losses, right? And uh, um, inviting folks in, helping folks to see, because so- sometimes folks haven't seen normality, you know, haven't sat down for a Sunday lunch, run a run a table and whatever, and helping folks to experience all that stuff is 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 tremendous. It's it's really good. Um, so I I would think trying to have things like that. Um, we're going. Right? good. Um, no, I think what you're saying is totally true in terms
0: of it's seeing people as people and so like if there's someone from a middle-class background that would come in you'll have them along leap with them you'll get them involved in your life right if there's someone from a, any kind of background that's different for you what do we do we do the same thing we get them along we get them in our life mm-hmm. we don't just see them so what we often say to folk which I know again is your heart it's not just about coming to church on a Sunday morning yeah. And if we think the answer to everyone's problems is leave all the drugs, leave all that community behind, come on a Sunday morning at 11, come in a midweek Bible study at half six. That's going to do nothing at the end of the day. Now, pray they're going to hear the gospel and get saved. But they just,
1: they need life. They need that relationship as well, don't they? So we need the church to be the church. Yeah. And and that's why I love what you say, mm. Because you only driving in uh, and, and saying, hey, uh, Live out the life of Jesus, you know, the life of discipleship this week, we'll see you next Sunday. <laughs> you are in there with them. Showing them how to live as Christians amidst yeah. all this stuff. And, and and I mean I think what we're talking about a wee bit is like did you know preach through James recently? Sure. Right. So you know James tackles mm-hmm. tackles a lot of that, doesn't he? You know, there's the the, the, the there's maybe the most successful people who are like us that we we, mm-hmm. we, 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 we we you know we go towards and then there's others. And and I think I think also, Tay, um, there's some heart issues in there. You know, you had Zach Watt, mm-hmm. tremendous guy, mm-hmm. great help to us here at uh, Hope for Glasgow. But there's heart issues there as well of m- maybe, what are the barriers? Maybe we're afraid. Mm-hmm. And what we're afraid of, we're afraid of man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've got, you know, there's fear there. We don't see God in it and we we think, don't know, really I know too much about it, I'll just leave that alone. And so there's there's fear um, and I, and I think, you know, We've we've Wally's just preached through Ecclesiastes and right um, at the end of, uh, uh, in chapter eleven it talks about go for it mm-hmm. you know go have a you uh, in the water you know mm-hmm. I, go, I go for mm-hmm. it exactly go for it man um, and so we take chances isn't it and learn to lose we God mm-hmm. if we lose but um, remember we're talking about people made in His image mm-hmm. and so it's, it's worth having a shot isn't
0: it yeah that's right. it might seem riskier but. I was at Piper's whole thing, risk is right, like mm. we were all risky to God, mm-hmm. like all of us have got the potential to fall back into our sin at any moment in time. I'm sure there's additional pressures that bring on that but that's the gospel right, that God yeah. takes like pieces of jars of clay and shines a light like and I love that. So let's think in Hope for Glasgow, so you moved out of the Tron as the, the kind of assistant associate minister and you're now doing Hope for Glasgow kind of full-time charity. Yeah. How did that come about
1: and what are you doing as a charity Hope for Glasgow? So as I said, the, the genesis of that was was in the work so it grew out it grew out of the work that I started mm-hmm. um at the Tron and uh um uh, I, I, I would have said, you know, I never I never moved on for the Tron, I moved mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. you know, um and, and I think they were happy for me to <laughs> get, get out to get out what like a teenager get out. And you're still there on the oh, eldership? Oh, still, yeah, 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 I'm still there. Um I great church. Love it. Uh um, and so we, you know, we set up we set up as, I think, a company at first and charity and whatever. But actually, the, the the day that we became a legal entity was um, the 9th of September 2016, which was 15 years to the day if I had been converted. You know, so I, I just, you know, I just felt that God was sent to us. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, I was here at the beginning of your spiritual life, and I'm here um, at the beginning of the life of, of Hope for Glasgow. So we've been going. Um, five five years and wh- what, we're t- what we're trying to do uh, Pete is we're trying to be a parachurch organisation in the truest sense of the word. Um, so I- I'm sure a lot of folks listening would, 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 would know about Teen Challenge and like places like The Haven and stuff and that's residential rehab so th- that's where people actually move out of the community and they go stay somewhere um, and uh, somewhere far away where they can concentrate on kind of a getting clean uh, and sober. Uh, but we're what's called commu- we're community rehab. Mm. So if uh, folks come to us during the day while they're still in the community, they come to us during the day for group work, input, support, one to ones, and then go back, uh, go kind of a back home at night. And I, and I think there's, you know, it's, I don't think it's an either or. But I, we were just talking over lunch. Uh, our friend Stuart Patterson, fae, if Easterhouse Community Church wrote a wee blog thing the other day and he was talking about firsts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stuart himself went away to Teen Challenge Rehab over 20 years ago and uh, get clean and become a Christian. And one of the firsts that he was talking about was um, coming back to mm-hmm. Easterhouse, the place where all the stuff happened. And uh, so in many ways when you go away to residential rehab, as Jesus says, if your hand causes your sin, cut it off. In many ways that's done for you, <laughs> but you haven't actually done it you know and there's a lot there's a lot in being able to turn and step away for things and make decisions right there in the flesh to say no mate I'm not doing that anywhere mm-hmm. no mate I'm doing this um, and so that's what we're engaged in in the community so folks come to us uh, during the day and um, they get input support uh, you know we promote we promote total abstinence um, you know we don't see um, uh, alcohol and drugs is separate and mm-hmm. um, we, we deal with we deal with them both as both is the same. So we, we promote abstinence. If somebody wants to do something further down the road mm-hmm. and make decisions that that, that, w- that would be fine for them. Um, but, you know, we kind of a say, mm-hmm. you know, um, as an old guy once said to me, um, maybe becoming a social drinker. Um, uh, I heard a guy say, you know, I was always a social drinker. The social gave me the money and I drank it. <laughs> uh, but this old guy had said to me, um, uh, to warn me against the, the thought of ever social drinking, and he said, "When Daniel got out of the lines, then he didn't go back for his bonnet." <laughs> you know, so um, uh, that's always that's always kind of a stood stood ways. Um, and we have we have evening support meetings as well. So before lockdown, I to you before lockdown, we had uh, four meetings. We value the local church, so we we're we'll trying to take take the fight right into the heart of our communities. Our, there's a great battle going on in our communities. In 2020, in the under 65s, um, 651 people in Scotland died with or of COVID. Same period, same demographic, 1,339. So you could say <laughs> that you were twice you're twice as likely in Scotland in 2020 a dying for a drug overdose uh, than you were COVID. And that's no counting alcohol, mm. by the way. And so um, our, our schemes are riddled. And so we were trying to do through the vehicle of the local church mm-hmm. was set up support groups there so that the church would become known as a church that mm-hmm. cares and mm-hmm. caters. And we were wanting to do that through the vehicle of the local church because what we were then wanting to say is, come to this church. Come mm-hmm. to What was your
0: line, like you do what you do, so the church, someone like the church should do what it only it can do or something? I've heard you say that before.
1: Uh, oh, you've got me.
0: Um, I, it must be one of on your
1: list of Terry's sayings. Oh, I don't, or, okay, well, I don't know, <laughs> but, but you know, uh, this is what I would say. Hope for Glasgow, see the local church as <laughs> central to addressing the addiction issues in our city. No hope for Glasgow. We play a, a small part. Um, because remember what I said earlier, what I believe, I think the Bible teaches that the root of addiction, um, um, is, you know, uh, is, is choice, sin false worship, idolatry, adultery, rebellion, foolishness. Um, It's it's being taught the Bible that helps us Mm -hmm. to deal with all the idolatries of our hearts, helping us to worship God in every area of our lives, being reminded of Christ who died for us, meeting with fellow idolaters who themselves are learning to leave the life of idolatry behind them. So folks absolutely need that. Mm -hmm. So we could be an incubator. Mm -hmm. We can maybe help get people going but we want people rooted you know in the local church um and the, you know they need the local church but the local church needs them mm. as well right And um, so that you know that's what we're going at um i think before you know before lockdown we had we had four we had four support groups in various locations throughout the city but through through different things staff moving on and different things um currently um we've just got two meetings. So we've got one uh, one in the Tron mm-hmm. uh, uh, on a Monday night um, and that's a, a, a in person but and online. So during COVID we picked up a lot of people mm-hmm. um, from London, Florida, uh, New Zealand, uh, Edinburgh, Musselburgh, all sorts of places. And so news things are beginning to open up. We felt that we couldn't just dump folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we had to keep our online presence as well. So we, we meet um, and on a Monday night for those in and around Glasgow to come in person but for those out with Glasgow there's, a, there's an online element that they can join and then on a Thursday night we just have a, uh, a kind of an online meeting. Uh, we, we initially were only for men mm. but we, just before lockdown we did open one of our meetings to women and then throughout lockdown all of our open meetings were open to women and currently you know the Monday night meeting uh, is open for, uh, open for women and obviously the, the the Thursday night, the Thursday night one as well. And folks need that. They, you know, we've got a lot of people, Pete, uh, who come to your meetings who actually became addicted after they were converted. Because people wouldn't think. People are shocked by that. People think that uh, most people's stories follow my pattern: mm-hmm. drug addict became a Christian, met Jesus, and away you go. But remember being a drunkard or a drug addict or whatever, it's a sin just like any other. Mm-hmm. And we can all fall yes. into, into stuff, you know. Um, you know, And uh, there are many, many folks in our churches who've fallen into these things, you know. They've, they've began to take refuge mm-hmm. um, in substances rather than in the things of Jesus. And so we've had folks uh, who, who, who initially found recovery run about Alcoholics Anonymous and felt quite ashamed, quite alone, Quite isolated in church, mm-hmm. felt like they were the worst Christians in the world. I can't possibly be a Christian. I've, I've become an alcoholic while I was a Christian, and then finding their way to us. So I, that's why I love the BC UK yeah. stuff because I, I just. I the biblical ju- council in UK. That's where Zach. Zach Watt. It's fantastic stuff because in many in many ways see a lot of these social things, these addiction thing. The church has given up ground to the world, and. <laughs> There's no book got like the Bible that speaks deeper, clearer, and fuller about addiction uh, than the Bible. Mm. I mean, I've got uh, my wee pal Robert. Uh, he was going to a Bible study one night, and this other drug addict lassie said to him, The Bible? What's the Bible got to do with addiction? And wee Robert says, Well, apart for every page, nothing. <laughs> you know, because it's there on every page, but it's how we get out and help. And we've took a backward seat um, and that stuff, and we've, we've allowed. Other folks to have a free free reign in that area, and because then we've not done it for so long, we, we forget. But that's why I love BCUK because BCUK helps the ordinary person yeah. um, to be able to you know utilise gifts and learn things about how to help and apply God's word, just even in a, a pastoral sense. So um, that that stuff's that stuff's gold.
0: Okay, and again, we really appreciated you have been sending us guys as well that. Um, it's not just someone you say, we have a number, in fact there's a guy going through our membership process just now, He's going to become a member of our church who came through, you, you saying here's a church to go to, Aye. And he saying, which has been great. And again, I love that model of being able to um, provide kind of additional support that many local, particularly many smaller local churches, just wouldn't have the manpower or ability to do a lot of the intensive walking day by day kind of stuff, but can preach the word and have Christian community and so I love how you're uh, truly a para church in the sense that yeah. you're saying you're trying to support the ministry of the local church doing what you could do enabling therefore and freeing up the local church to do what only mm. they can do which is preach the word pastor the flock yeah, and do that in community together so yeah um, really thankful for you Terry any things about the future that we could be praying for or that um, are on your horizon to, to share
1: yeah I would I would I would think um kind of in a period of review mm-hmm. just review, reviewing the shape of things and staff and things so I would, I, would, I would value prayer for us as we as we think that through and um, the way we have went at um, our partnerships with churches has been previously that we would facilitate that mm-hmm. but what we're trying we're thinking about now is maybe helping to mobilize the church mm-hmm. what resources do you actually have yourselves uh, because like for talking say here's, a, here's, a, here's a, 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 an example I was taking uh, a support group in a church that I don't go to mm-hmm. and if somebody came along and I'm saying come here on Sunday, well the first barrier for that person coming is coming through the door mm-hmm. and so sometimes some people, not all people, they need their handheld held just, mm-hmm. just to go through because it's in an alien environment um, and, and so if you get somebody coming and they say, I say come here on Sunday and they go, will you meet me outside? And I go, I don't come here. <laughs> so what we're trying to do is to help the church, to, rather than us getting in and doing it for the church, mm. is, is thinking what resources do you have and what can we help you with to help you get in going because there's mere longevity mm. in that and then it's it's mere ownership, you've mobilised the church um, and you know, people don't need to have come from that type of background. Um, you only need to have ever received comfort for the Lord Jesus for your own battles mm. To be able to help folks right and that you know that's why we all go through hardships and difficulties and troubles so that we can help um others in trouble so we're we're thinking that stuff through about how we can better serve serve the church not going in and doing everything for the church mm-hmm. but helping the church to mobilize itself and and serve folks like this uh, in their in community so as we think these things through um i'd appreciate prayer for for these things
0: Sweet. well thanks Terry we'll put down the link for hope for glasgow as well underneath um Maybe to check out the really long two-hour podcast, which I think is great, <laughs> by the way. I don't know why folk aren't watching
1: uh, it. But, um, if, if, you oh. <laughs> if you want a kip, you want a kip.
0: And again, we always say, or certainly I always say don't at the end of these, Like the point of this is so that people can see the need. People, the, the West of Scotland has got plenty of need uh, for people to come in and share the gospel because that is the only hope we have in life and death, right? And so if there's mm. things here that you're hearing, uh, or maybe if the Lord is calling you, do you know what? Maybe that's not as weird as I thought. Maybe it's not as hard as I thought. Maybe if I love Jesus and love people, I can come and get involved with this. Get in touch, because the need's massive. Um, the labours are few. Mm. And so we're praying the Lord will said more. But anyway, thanks, Terry. Bang on, thanks, mate. Cheers, guys.